Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports. Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score broadcasting live for the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I am David Haw with Bruce Levine here on this remarkable Saturday morning in Chicago baseball. Bruce, unprecedented activity at the trade deadline, indescribable emotions. On both sides of town, the Cubs clearly rebuilding. The White Sox, understandably, rejoicing. Where do you want to start? There's no wrong answer. Well, good morning, David. Yeah, it's an exciting day in uh, Chicago baseball history. I imagine Cub fans will uh, take that word exciting to mean uh, unnerving in some ways because uh, the loss of uh, the world championship team, I believe only uh, four members left of that world championship team from 2016. Now, after the uh, trades that have been made over the last couple of days and the White Sox fans rejoicing, getting uh, arguably the best closer in baseball, now having both all-star closers uh, to help them go, go for their goal of winning the World Series in 2021. So, David, uh, I, I don't think we can go wrong anywhere, but uh, let's start with the uh, let's start with the Chicago Cubs and okay. the, the fact that um, uh, you know having the shock waves go through for me, and I, I'm wondering out there at three one two six four four six seven six seven if you felt the same way. It didn't all kick in, even though I got to see some of these people and. Uh, People like Tony, uh, like uh, Anthony Rizzo, and say goodbye mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday. It didn't all kick in until I saw the beginning of the White Sox game. I heard uh, Pat and Ron on 670 the score make the call, and uh, I turned on uh, Marquis, and um, I realized for the first time that uh, we are back toward a retooling of the Chicago Cubs that we hadn't seen since uh, 2012 and 13 and uh that was that was a little um shocking to me as a baseball fan david it's jarring it's jolting it is all the things 
uh, as I said, is somewhat indescribable. People are still processing because they are watching the dismantling of a core that made them feel as special as any sporting event ever made them feel. And I'm not speaking on behalf of Cubs fans, but we have heard from a ton of them, Bruce. So when you do the math and you look over the last two weeks, the Cubs traded nine Major League Baseball players uh, in eight separate deals to seven different teams. They brought in 12 new guys. But when the guys are that they're dealing are Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, it just it, it hits you a different way. And so, yeah, you know, absolutely. I just told you the math. And analytically, it's easy to understand what's going on here. Emotionally, it's just hard to accept. And that's where I think people are as they wake up this morning or they watched last night and they saw the lineup the Cubs trotted out against the Nationals in, in a uh, – in a loss, four to three loss out in Washington, and they start to realize, hmm, here we go again, another rebuild. Cub fans, Sox fans, we have two hours of open phone lines for you at 312 644 6767. This is always your show. David and I are always serving you talking Chicago baseball, but in particular today, we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts about uh, the directions they're going. David, uh, in 2017, the Cubs make a huge trade with the Chicago White Sox, get, get Jose Quintana for two guys uh, that relatively well-known to the sophisticated fans in Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. But at that time, looked like a, uh, a really good trade for the Chicago Cubs to continue their run at trying to win a second World Series in a row. And uh, the White Sox were in the beginning stages of selling off and four years later uh pretty much you know to the day a couple weeks later we're looking at a reversal of situations that that's how quickly the baseball world can change that's remarkable and that's the part that is a uh, hard to grasp because when the two teams face each other next weekend and we start to talk about that how much fun that always is it's two franchises and two teams headed in opposite directions and and you you mentioned the trade in 2017 this trade like that one you know this one could even be more significant bruce i think because the white Sox getting craig kimbrell changes everything about their trade deadline reality and you know they made a good deal and you know cesar hernandez comes over gold glove second baseman it was almost like oh that by the way the white Sox addressed their second base need and by the way they got ryan to to help bolster the bullpen but when they bring over Craig Kimbrell, and you now have, as you introduced Craig Kimbrell and referred to him as the best closer in baseball, tell that to Liam Hendricks because he believes probably he is the best <laughs> closer in baseball, and now they have two of the best closers in the same bullpen along with Kopech, Bummer, Crochet, and company. Best bullpen in baseball without exaggeration, and now they have a ton of options, and that's what we can talk to Tony LaRusso, right. by the way, who's coming up at 930. Cub fans, how painful will it be for you to see uh, Tapura and Kimbrell leading the White Sox toward the playoffs and possibly into World Series? Uh, Sox fans, how excited are you that um, when we talked on this show and people were disappointed uh, back in uh, February and March that the White Sox didn't add a uh, another DH, that uh, Rick Hahn cautioned people that we needed money toward the end of uh, uh, July in case we uh, needed to add to this team to win. How happy are you that uh, Rick Hahn and the White Sox have come through with their promise? 
Bruce, let me ask you this before we get to the phone calls, and, and we're looking forward to getting some fans' reaction. But what was your level of surprise, not overall in what happened in the Cubs and the, those emotions, because we'll get, we have two hours to get through all that, but just in this, from the standpoint of not only did the Cubs and White Sox do business on one trade, but they did it on two, and, and the second one, one was even more significant than the first because we talked for the last several weeks and months even. It's always trickier. There's a Cub tax. There's yeah. you know, two teams in town. How surprised were you? Uh, not not shocked. Uh, you know, uh, four days ago, I wrote on our website, 670thescore.com, that uh, one of the top White Sox executives, uh, uh, you know, one of the top scouts was out there looking at the White Sox, and I wrote that story that uh, Kimbrell would be the prize and that Tapura would probably be what they had to settle for because, uh, you know, the altering of franchises and the amount of players that had to come up and back you, you didn't think that it could happen again four years later. But um, I, give, uh, I, I give Judd Hoyer and Rickon a lot of credit for these trades because Han trading a number one pick that uh, they valued as their second baseman of the future in Madrigal and, um, and throwing in Hoyer to get this final piece that they hope helps them get to the World Series. Uh, what's not easy to do, and from the other perspective, uh, you know, Jed Hoyer saying, we don't care what the White Sox do. We have to get the best players possible going forward to build our team right back up to where we wanted to be at a championship level. I, you know, I applaud both GMs for, for doing the right thing for their franchises. I think you have to because, you know, we will hear from them later. But, you know, with Jed Hoyer announcing three weeks ago that he was going to go down this path you wondered how far down he would go because it takes a lot of gumption to be able to have the the, to follow through and to finish the job you know Jed Hoyer is somebody that you know was not going to leave anything uh in in the basement in the attic this is a full house cleaning and and I think you have to uh respect the fact that as painful as it was these were baseball decisions and and you're you weren't going to go halfway so we'll hear from Jed. We will hear from Rick Hahn. Bruce, I think we need to hear from the callers because there's plenty of reaction around town on both sides of town, Cubs and White Sox fans alike. 312-644-6767. And that is where the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That's where we find Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, yeah, Gary. I thought, um, hello? Yep, we're here. I thought, uh, I'm 74 years old, so you'd think I'd be uh, completely against yesterday. And uh, actually, I was happy. I, you know, the Cubs, have, the Cubs are going downhill. They need to p- be completely rebuild, rebuilding. Uh, they got 11 prospects, uh, some of whom will make it, some of whom won't. And uh, it's time to move on. Uh, I, I cringe whenever they make a trade with the White Sox because they seem to always get screwed. But uh, I really like the fact that they got Nick Madrigal, who will be their second baseman and probably leadoff man or number two hitter in the lineup for the next five, six, seven years. Gary, thanks, thanks for your perspective. That's, that's a good call, David. You know, I, I like the idea that uh, there's objectivity there as far as uh, moving on. And, and the reality is, is that, um, you know, Hoyer mentions, you know, this team was in first place, uh, you know, five weeks ago, four and a half weeks ago, and uh, it might have been a different outcome 
if things had changed here. But this was inevitable that things like this were going to have to happen either now or beginning in November. It seems inevitable, Bruce. I, I did wonder, and maybe it was somewhat naive to do so, but I did wonder if at any point throughout this process, which began in earnest three weeks ago, if ownership, if Jed Hoyer, if all of them would get together with one of the three, maybe not Anthony Rizzo, I, I think they've, they went down that road in spring training, but with either Baez or Bryant, and maybe Javi was the most likely one, and try to hammer out a long-term contract extension. We'll hear from Jed Hoyer later. They feel good about the contracts that were offered over the last couple years, the extensions that they discussed. But I guess I still, one of the biggest surprises is not the totality of the rebuild, but the fact that they weren't able to come to some sort of compromise position with one of the core players that they traded away. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, if you would have picked one out, let's say, David, uh, you picked out Baez and you signed him on the uh, 2nd of June. How would that how would that fly with the others? What what would that what would those conversations be like that they made a commitment to one of the iconic players and not to the two others? Or uh, how would the pressure have been on the two others that the Cubs made another offer for them and they didn't want to accept it right now? I mean that that uh, there there's there's an awful lot there you know an awful lot there to consider sure. about. What this has done, and and I, you know, again, I, my tip of the hat to, to Jed Hoyer. I, I, he's going to catch a lot of junk for this, but in reality, something that um, they had to do, and it doesn't prevent them from going back and revisiting, bringing one, two, or three back. It's not likely. You don't see it very often. Uh, once you get a grant free agency, and uh, I think I related this story to you once before about Greg Maddox when uh, Jim Henry came to him and said, well, um, you have a no-trade clause. The Dodgers are asking about you. What should we do? Um, Maddox said immediately, you can trade me. And then I asked Maddox about it, and he said, look, if a team says they don't want you anymore, then you need to move on. And is that the same philosophy for Baez, for Rizzo, for Bryant, that they – they have been told directly by being traded they are no longer wanted on the north side of Chicago. That's good context, Bruce. That's good to dip back into that uh, example from the past. I do think it's a little bit wishful thinking to think that they will be able to hammer out a deal with, with one of the three to come back because of Bryant's agent, because of Javi. May, who knows what he's going to do in New York, and he may like it there. Um, and I just don't think Rizzo is somebody that is going to come back. He's on the wrong side of 30 with the bad back. But we'll wait and see. We'll hear from Jed and, and Rick Hahn later. Let's hear from more of the people in the audience. Be, check in with uh, Paul, who is in Valparaiso. Good morning, Paul. Welcome to the score. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I agree with Gary, the last caller. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not disappointed. I think Jed Hoyer did a great job with what he could do. But just a couple things. The, the Cubs fans that are upset is – I think, Bruce, you guys just laid it out there. I mean, all these guys were offered, by all means, fair contract offers over the last couple of years to be extended. They didn't take it. They all wanted to go to free agency. So, Jed Hoyer, what else could he do? I mean, and, and the same offense that Theo said was broken three or four years ago that you guys have talked about, that every fan has talked about, why would we want these guys back for $200 million if they have been broken for three or four years? They're going to have a ton of money to spend and he got backups for the farm system and did the best that he could do to get it. He got two major league players for the White Sox for 
for Kimbrell. And, Bruce, you're probably the most keyed-in, unbiased guy in the city when it comes to baseball coverage. Why does everyone say that the Ricketts will not spend money? Why can't they go spend money on a Trey Turner in the next year or two and go get other guys that they could spend money on? What are they allocated to payroll next year, like $55 million? They're not going to not just ever stop spending money, right? Paul, you're uh, right on. I'll, I'll expand on that. Thanks for the call. Uh, Thanks, Paul. David, he's right. Uh, all my information is is that uh, the franchise, uh, under the direction of um, Chad Hoyer, will have plenty of money to spend on free agents. They won't hold back. And this gives, the, uh, gives uh, Hoyer the flexibility to spend in different ways and to add in different ways. And that, those ways are going to be basically continuing to add controllable pitching and developing young pitching in the organization so that they can win in a different way. You know, if you remember back, and we've talked about it before, David, uh, position players were drafted and traded for. And uh, the, the free agents uh, were the pitchers. They spent uh, over $100 million a year uh, on free agent pitching during this run. Uh, they are looking at a, a different philosophy of going pitching first, position players second in this next rebuild. Fair enough, Bruce. And, yeah. and that's exactly the right way to put it. But I have to ask this. I mean, look, I think two things can be true here. You understand and actually respect and applaud the way that Jed Hoyer was able to get rid of the resources and, and take advantage of expiring contracts so you so you welcome back in 12 new guys into the organization. Maybe some of them will pan out. Maybe some of them won't. But I think the fault, if you want to call it that, or the responsibility you lay at the feet of Jed, Theo Epstein, who's gone, and Tom Ricketts, is not necessarily that this happened yesterday or over the course of the last three weeks, is that they were put in this position to begin with. And the failure to find a, a compromise position or solution and to extend these guys' contracts before entering this season where they all were essentially lame ducks and entering their contract years. That's to me, is the biggest flaw of the entire process. And when we reflect back on the golden age of Cub baseball, the best period ever the organization has experienced and enjoyed, that's why it only produced one World Series. That's why the dynasty was deconstructed. You were not able to retain and win. You can win with pitching if you want, but they were winning the other way, and they were buying pitching, and they were, and were not able to retain and keep yeah. the players who were responsible for all the winning. That, that's not a sustainable way of winning, though, David. You know, you can't keep buying until you have a Dodgers payroll, which is now around $300 million. The Dodgers, there's 29 teams that have TV contracts, and then there's the Dodgers. The Dodgers... <laughs> The Dodgers for the next 14 years, David, mm-hmm. $300 million a year from their TV contract. That is their entire payroll right now. Every other dollar they take in is pretty much gravy for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. So they can be, they can do what they want. They can get the Scherzers. They can get the Turners. They can add, they can add Bet- Bettis and, uh, and pay them $350 million dollars. Uh, that's a different dynamic. Here, uh, the Cubs were maxing out their payroll every year. Uh, they weren't getting the World Series results. And a different way was identified just a few years ago. Unfortunately, as you said, and it's a very good point that you make, you know, the parting of the ways should have probably come a year or two ago uh, when they realized that they weren't going to be able to sign these guys. 
It's tough. It's a tough thing to accept emotionally, and I think people are still listening to their hearts over their heads this morning, and that's understandable, even though, look, Paul makes a great point, and there are other Cub fans out there that understand what's going on here. So there's a good mixture of, of opinions, and, and let's get another one from Scott, who is in Joliet. Good morning, Scott. Welcome to the score. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I just my comments are pretty simple. You're talking to a guy who's a, a simple Cubs fan. I don't know all the ins and outs and all the finer details of all the stuff that goes on with trading and things like that. You're you're just talking to a guy who loves the Cubs, who's loved them since I was a kid. And um, I'm not a guy who doesn't like the White Sox. My first uh, professional baseball game was the White Sox in 1973 or 74. And they had that great team, I think Dick Gallon, Wilbur Wood, and those guys. With the, they had red and white pinstripes. I always loved those uniforms. But about the Cubs, I am brokenhearted this morning, and um, I just can't believe that they not only, you know, I can understand one or two of the guys they've traded this year, but not all the guys. I, I know they're dismantling this team. I just want to say that, you know, I still, uh, as far as Javi Baez, he was. Um, such a phenomenal player. He, he single-handedly, I think he's won about 10 or 12 games by himself this year for the Cubs because of the things that he's done. Uh, earlier or last year or earlier this year when they got rid of Schwarber, that was a, a blow. I always liked that guy. He, he reminded me, although he didn't pitch or anything, but he reminded me of a modern-day Babe Ruth because he, he had the, you know, the same shape as Babe Ruth. Um, Kimbrell... I have to say, now they, 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 uh, you know, they just got Kimbrel. He's one of the best closers in baseball. So why get rid of him? He, he hasn't even been on the team a year. And Rizzo, that's a big heartbreak for me. You know, every time I eat a calzone, I think of Anthony Rizzo. You know, and, and Chicago <laughs> loves that guy. Chicago loves Rizzo. Why, you know, why didn't they just pay him a little bit more? You know, and you guys were talking about the Dodgers, um, $300 million cap and all that. You know, the Cubs can boost their cap up. That, you know, it's a big city team. Chicago, the Cubs, you know, we're talking about the Chicago Cubs. And Thanks, I'll let Scott. you guys talk, but, yeah. Appreciate the phone call. Um, you know, I uh, love, uh, love the motion, David. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he speaks for a lot of Cub fans. It's just brokenhearted to see their favorite players in this how team. Many, yeah, how many Finally. Cup fans out there, Bruce, are going to be eating a calzone today and thinking of Anthony Rizzo? That's going to be something that all over Chicago. That's funny. Well, um, the calzone but, is interesting to me at this point. You know, a cup of coffee <laughs> and a calzone, I'm, I'm ready. Hey, we, well, we have to get ready for uh, Tony LaRussa La next on our show. Get your calzone, get your coffee, get your donuts. We're going to talk to the White Sox manager when we come back inside the clubhouse, Bruce Levine, David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We know that uh, we're better at the end of this week than we were at the end of last week. We look forward to Luis Robert continuing to progress and joining us over the next few weeks. Yasmani Grandal, not too far behind him. Uh, and knock on wood, we continue to build on what we've done over the first four months, get healthy, acclimate these new players to our clubhouse and put ourselves in a position to come October to, to be a pretty dangerous team. That's the goal. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, 
with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here until 11 o'clock, talking baseball 52 weeks a year as we do every Saturday morning. Bruce, that was the voice of, of Rick Hahn, and he was talking about the White Sox big moves, and boy, did he make them. And now it's time to go out. Our guest line is sponsored by the Stricker Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Bruce, and that's where we find our special guest. The manager of the first place Chicago White Sox, Tony La Russa, nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Tony, good morning. How are you today? Uh, I know you're getting your cardio uh, this morning. I know you got you got some of it last night. I know I know you're always ready to go. Well, uh, you know, the line I use all the time because it's true. Uh, I don't know how the day's going to go until we get to the end of the game because it's kind of stupid if you say, hey, we had a good day and you get beat. Very simple life. Win a game, good day. Lose a game, not a good day. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, David, you should know that when you talk to Tony on a daily basis and you just say, <laughs> how are you doing? Uh, the right. response is always, I'll let you know uh, in the ninth inning. And uh, that that's just... <laughs> That's just standard for you, Tony. I've heard it for 40 years, and I know you mean it. And uh, White Sox fans, again, saw the passion of your team and your passion yesterday uh, when uh, Jose Abreu was hit for the second time in the game, got hit in the head. And uh, you uh, motored out there like I haven't seen you motor out for a long time to uh, make sure that things were okay. But you you were upset. Well, it's it's probably the scariest thing in baseball. I think is when somebody you know gets thrown that near the head area and actually gets hit. Even if you just miss them, it's very scary. And nowadays, a lot of guys are throwing harder. A lot of guys are younger that don't have command, and it's it's a it's more dangerous than ever. So you know, my problem yesterday was he got hit, and my I was upset. Uh, there was never any question that it was intentional. That's what I made sure I let the Indians know, but when a guy, you know, their reliever is really good, but his command that day was just bad. I mean, that's one reason we got that rally, and if you don't have command, it's very dangerous to call a ball inside, and that's that's that was why I was upset, and then I was absolutely concerned about Jose. Tony, was that the message that you were, or the question you were asking Roberto Perez when you charged out of the dugout when, and approached him in the way that you did? Yeah, yeah, I did. I said, get away from you. You called. He said, well, we didn't mean to hit him. I said, well, let me ask you, did did you call the ball in? He said, yes. Well, I said, but that's, then that's the reason he's laying down there, because this guy doesn't have command. And then, you know, everybody got around there. And, that's, you know, and I talked to their manager tomorrow. He's he's a pro. And, and yeah, there isn't anybody in baseball that, that – I, mean, I saw the pitcher went over and apologized to, to a Jose. I mean, there isn't anybody in baseball that likes it, but it's just – it's more dangerous now than ever for what I said. Guys are throwing harder, and they're younger without command. And if you don't have command, it's you know it's not an excuse to say it wasn't intentional because you did try to throw the ball inside. If you don't have command, don't pitch in. Tony, it was a wacky game. It was an emotional day. The White Sox make some big moves this week. You get your second baseman from Cleveland. You get Ryan Tapera for your bullpen. But I think everybody's still talking about Craig Kimbrell joining the bullpen. You now have two of the best closers in the game. We saw Liam Hendricks last night remind everybody why he's one of those guys. How would you describe the problem and who gets the ball in the ninth inning more times than not? Well, I uh, 
I said yesterday that we have a plan, and I wasn't going to talk about it until uh, made sure I communicated it. To, I talked to Liam about it, and I wanted to make sure that Craig heard it as well because that's where you should do it. You know, you shouldn't read about what the plan is. So, you know, I'm going to today when I when I talk to the guys, you know, Bruce and everybody, I'll I'll tell the plan because I would have had my conversation with Craig. But there's a way that we're going to work it out, and uh, and and. Uh, we're really, really fortunate because at the bottom line, what Kenny and Rick were thinking is if we if we continue to have you know win games at a good pace, you, you know you have the problem that Liam uh, has to go out there, and if you push it too far, he gets hurt. There go your chances. So we really don't want to do that. Now we have the depth to uh, try to win the game, and we have two great guys that can pitch. Not just the ninth, but the eighth as well. That's the voice of Tony LaRusso live on the score. This is inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine, every Saturday, nine to noon, nine to eleven, rather, uh, fifty-two weeks out of the year. And Tony, is it my imagination, or did Hendricks have more uh, fire last night than? I mean, look, the guy's a high-energy guy. We're used to seeing great energy and great results out of Liam Hendricks. But last night, uh, it looked like he was pitching like a guy with his hair on fire. I mean, the breaking ball was as good as I've ever seen his breaking ball. The fastball was uh, hitting 100. Do you you think there was a little more incentive uh, with with the Kimbrel trade, or was that just my imagination? No, I I think, first of all, he never goes out there where his motivation is not really, really high. I mean, he's he, uh, he could be a quiet day with nobody in the stands, and he's fired up because he loves to compete. I think the biggest thing was it still bothers him to get the home run in Kansas City. You know, he doesn't accept that very well. That was, you know, it was a win that didn't become a win, and I think that was the reason because, you know, this is maybe a good thing for fans to know. Actually, Liam and Craig have a relationship uh, along with their wives, they know each other, uh, so it's not like you know we're bringing in somebody that uh, they have to develop a relationship. They already have it. Uh, I think I think Liam, you saw some of the anger from uh, what happened in Kansas City a couple of nights ago. It was impressive. Tony, it you was had really it, impressive. It really was. It was something else, and, and it just reminded people how stacked your bullpen is and, and Tony how large your lead in the division is you, you're comfortably atop the the central you guys are in first place and but your general manager Rick Hahn goes out and and makes these aggressive deals and gives up something to get something in return how how loudly does that message like that resonate in the clubhouse and the effect it has on on the players who were here and seeing what's going on well the best thing you know you can uh compliment the team publicly, but the best thing the team uh, understands is if, if with the kind of first half that the front office is doing something to give you a chance to get to the finish line and then be successful in October, that's where the excitement is. But I flinched when you said comfortable. We, are not, we do not have a comfortable lead. I mean, comfortable is the worst thing you can be in baseball because you kind of sit back and you take things for granted. You know, confident is one thing, but we still have to put together a lot of wins it can get away from you in a minute if you, uh, if, you know, if you lose the edge. And there's always, the, the, you know, the importance of getting better and better because, but if 
you know, if we finish this thing off, we play in October, you know, you've got to be as good as you possibly can be. So we've got a lot of work ahead, but we've got to keep our edge. Tony, uh, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and because I don't have any skin in the game, I'm just a reporter that reports on the team. I understand it's a different dynamic. But, you know, my contention is that you have this great hitter in Eloy Jimenez, and uh, he's one of the truly great hitters in the game. you got to find a way to keep him on the field 150 games a year, 600 at-bats. And, again, it's not my situation to deal with. This is why I'm asking you, uh, isn't the proper way to do it? to just DH him and, and try to keep him uh, away from harm's way? Or is that just a naive on my part because of the fact that he's a baseball player, he's worked hard to be a good outfielder, uh, he wants to be a part of the team uh, inclusively, and uh, that he wouldn't uh, necessarily accept that type of role? Well, he's a, he's a first of all, a great character guy. So, I mean, if that's his role, I mean, he'll accept it, but you got to look at the reality of he's a young player. You know, the designated hitter that's older that only only hits as it's usually because he can't play a position, and and that's a tough pill to swallow if if uh, if that's the perception that someone would have about Eloy. Because as we saw that that one game played in Kansas City, he's worked very hard to be a good left fielder, and he's very aggressive out there. So. I think he just, you know, he wants to be the complete player as a young guy. <clears throat> it's going to be a, a work in progress about, you know, the DH and and the and the outfield because a lot of times a young guy who wants to play defense, you know, he sits there on the bench and you lose a, a field for the game. And it's easier to get, you know, to, to pay attention to what you need to do when you're out there playing defense and you come in. And you got to help with the bat, so it's it's a little bit complicated, but it's a great problem to have with this with this very very special young man. Well, he is a special young man, Tony. So there are two injury reports White Sox fans want to hear this morning. One, how's Aloy's groin feeling? And two, are you feeling okay after your sprint from the dugout? <laughs> Let me tell you, something, man. Anger, anger and adrenaline will do a lot to to get you going, and you don't feel a thing. So, and then you pinch with a win, and it, it all. I don't remember. I don't even didn't feel anything except uh, great. But uh, yesterday, when he reported, he had improvement. I mean, it's going to be a day-to-day thing. We're anxious to see him today. Uh, he, you know, there's no doubt he will not play today. You know, probably just to be careful. If he's really improving, wouldn't play tomorrow and off day Monday. Maybe get him in there Tuesday. So the, the fans should know that uh, he is making an improvement. But we got to go step by step because when we get them back, we want to keep them back. Uh, finally, and Tony, uh, you know, uh, David and I really appreciate you taking some time out today. Uh, when you had your conversations with Mr. Reinsdorf, Rick, and Kenny uh, before you accepted the job, was this ex- the way that things have shaken down? Is this was this explained to you? This is what they wanted to do, and that there would be. Uh, additions and there would be money to add on at the trading deadline if they needed to do that? No, what, what was clear, and, and I, you know, and the players love this, this the, the truth of this, no matter how much we want to win, the guys in uniform want to win, the guys upstairs want to win just as much. I mean, they have worked very hard to put together this talented roster, and what they're thinking at this point is, what can we do always? I mean, whether it's a trade deadline or before, 
well, what can we do always to improve our chance to win? And uh, I think that, that that's the message that the players had. That's the message the coaching staff had. That's the message that I had when I came over. You know, we got a shot to win. We're going to take our best shot at it. Tony, thanks Tony, so much for your time. Yep. Keep going, and, and congratulations on where you are. And, and I know you're not comfortable, so uh, we'll just have fun watching you guys keep everybody else uncomfortable. I'm, I'm challenging you to a race today, by the way. So we'll, we'll see if uh, in the pregame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Tony, know, Tony. Thanks, uh, thanks again. Have a great day. We'll see you at the ballpark, all right? Let's win the series tonight. Take care. Thanks, Tony man. LaRussa, the White Sox manager, kind enough to jump on and talk about well, crazy night at the ballpark last night at Guaranteed Rate Field, Bruce. And Aloy Jimenez sounds like he's going to get a couple more days off. And also, what a problem he has with two of the game's best closers in Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell, whose plan he will share later after he talks to both guys. I, I think that he wants to be very careful about that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, who do you think wins that race? I figure we run from Bruce. home plate to first. Then we uh, we both we both lay down for a while and relax, Bruce. and then we... we Tony's no? got a little adrenaline edge there. He's got, he's, he looked like he could motor a little bit, he, and plus he's still mad about it. So I think I'm, I might, my money might be on La Russa. I don't know. You know, I cover two teams every day. I keep it going pretty good, David. You do. <laughs> You're still going pretty good. You're still moving pretty fast, and you didn't miss a beat this week. Did a terrific job, and you know what? One of those things where you're really moving fast, you got a hold of Anthony Rizzo before he left town. We'll listen to that next. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. will never, ever have to buy a meal there. And now he drills one deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. His first Yankee home run. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. With Bruce Levine, I'm David Hartzell, 11 o'clock. Thank you to the Yes Network for that highlight. Highlight from last night, Bruce. Yankees first baseman, Anthony Rizzo. Yes, I know that sounds a little bit odd to say in here. Yankees first baseman, Anthony Rizzo, goes deep, helps the Yankees beat the Marlins 3-1. Rizzo had a Rizzo-like night. Two runs scored. Home run that helped win the game. Played first base. Made an impact. That's what they got him for. Tough to say goodbye, though, for a lot of Cubs fans. Tough to say goodbye for a lot of people, including yourself. And I did just that on Thursday as uh, he was ready to leave the ballpark. I sat down with Anthony Rizzo, and uh, we had this conversation that started this way. Well, uh, an end of an era, Riz. You know, as a close friend of yours, this is a, this is a hard day for both of us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely closing to a chapter in life that you just didn't think was going to close. And, but it's so. a the best years of my life and getting to know you and all the other members of the media I saw solely him being here forever too think of Carrie uh, just just some really good memories it's all good memories and a lot of special things happen I can't I can't start this interview before I talk about your parents your wife and, and Kevin and how important uh, they've been Chicagoans and people just give me a couple seconds on you know them being Chicagoans uh, Floridians but Chicagoans as well yeah they just we all had an amazing journey here um, 
you know, with the foundation and my parents getting to meet a lot of incredible people and then meeting Emily in 2016 and getting married to her and winning the World Series and her and I building our life here. So we have so many friends here out away from baseball that we met along the way and so many memories that, you know, this is this will always be like a second home to me and uh, that doesn't change just because, you know, I'm going to play for another team and going to play for the New York Yankees, which just sounds really, I don't think that's kicked in yet, but um, just the special times here will we'll be, I know for sure Emily and I will be sitting in the back probably as soon as tomorrow because we're going home and I'm staying in my house, but just reflecting on all the memories and it'll, it'll always bring smiles to my face. So if I say top Chicago Cub memory while you were sitting out reflecting on your career outside at Wrigley Field near the Ivy, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I think the World Series, obviously. Um, those memories with those guys, but Lurie's Children's Hospital, um, Foundation, all the kids we've had out at Wrigley, um, just all the, the fans, the people in Chicago, buying you a beer, drinking a beer with them, yeah. uh, all the memories on the field, but the two are definitely the World Series run and then just all the, all the good that the foundation has done here. I think uh, I'll remember you catching that ball from Chris more than anything else, but maybe what you just said, the first thing that comes to my mind is you making a, a, a kid who's uh, maybe having some tough times smile. Yeah, and, and even even today, not playing today was tough, um, but you know, a lot of people were excited for this day to come and just watch a game, and they probably had it on their calendar for months coming to this game in specifics and not being able to play is tough and and but that's it that's what it's all about just being a good good person and trying to play the game the right way and uplifting people so i'm going to take people back to two days ago i get in touch with you and i say look do you want to know or you don't want to know um I'm pretty sure that the Yankees are on you, and uh, they've asked me a lot of questions about you. And he said, you said, I don't want to go, but. (laughs) Um, Being able to play for another historic franchise is, it's it's really, you couldn't ask for more. I mean, obviously, I want to be here and told the guys I'd I'd rather, you know, sink with the ship. you know, if it's going to burn down, I want to burn down with it. But, you know, talking to Jed, we had a good with good talk, emotional. And uh, I love these guys. I love everyone here, you know, from the top to the bottom. And they've been nothing but good to me. And But to be able to go play for the Yankees now and jump into a really exciting team. I, I mean, I grew up always watching the Yankees. So it'll be it's exciting. And it's exciting. They're, they're excited. And I'm I can't wait to just jump in there and go be a baseball player. Hopefully you'll uh, go there and help them win and then jump right back to the Chicago Cubs. On behalf of uh, Mitch Rosen, who runs the score, and everybody at the station, I just want to thank you for all the great cooperation and just being the friend to Chicago and the people of Chicago and the, and the great kids and the sick kids, all those people. Um, thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. Nice job, Bruce, with Anthony Rizzo before he left Wrigley Field for the final time on Thursday. 
it's not normal, you know, you and I have covered baseball and sports for a long time, that you um, you make a, uh, a really good friend outside of uh, the sport. It's not, it's not healthy as a reporter or for the athlete either most of the time. But in this case, uh, you know, our, uh, our friendship, uh, you know, extended beyond the playing field. And uh, it was uh, truly remarkable to see this young man grow up into being the, uh, the great individual and great Chicagoan and great philanthropist that he's turned out to be. And, uh, you know, I just wish him nothing but luck. And, uh, you know, who knows one day uh, when he'll, if, if and when he returns to Chicago and, uh what fate has for him, but it's been a it's been a nice trip uh, to get to know Anthony and be able to report on him for all the people in Chicago over the last ten years. You heard the emotion in Anthony Rizzo's voice. You can hear it in Jed Hoyer's. We will listen to what the Cubs president had to say next when we come back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.